Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. I said don't touch that, and I mean it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, hi there. Thank you, Dick Warren, for that lovely intro each and every week. This is The Coaching Show. My name is Christopher McAuliffe. I have the Master Certified Coach certification from the International Coach Federation, so there you have it. I, I've been a coach in private practice for 23 years. I uh, also am the CEO in, uh, of one of the world's uh, largest coach training organizations. Uh, this here to my right and your stereophonic left is um, Clarice Connolly. Who are you and why are you here? <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> That's a beautiful intro. I know. Great. <laughs> Sassy. Someone d- drank a tall glass of sass this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my name is Clarice Connolly and I am a women's empowerment coach. I'm working with women who have recently been diagnosed by a doctor with something, right? Like you can have a cancer or an STI or some sort of thing that you're starting to notice that you're associating or labeling yourself with or identifying as and really breaking down that you are not your label, you are not this diagnosis, you're much more than that. And I'm supporting women to hold their hand through that and really get to know who they are underneath everything and all the hats that they wear and get back to being. Nice. What's uh, How do we get a hold of you if we're interested in that or we know somebody? Yeah, I absolutely. mean, not me, but I know people. <laughs> I am one of those people. Mm-hmm. So I am located at empoweringwomen.coach. So empoweringwomenplural.coach. You've adopted Stolen that my, from you. I yeah, know. you've adopted my personality and I appreciate <laughs> it. Somebody should have. All right. Uh, you, my dear listener, thank you so much for being here. We are going to provide value and not just laugh at our so own much. Um, I, f- first value that I want to impart to you is let's talk about coach training programs. If you're interested in developing uh, a practice as a coach, if you want to just bring coaching skills into a current role that you have, either an executive role, maybe you're a startup, uh, an entrepreneur, solopreneur, any of those things, you can benefit from coach training and the development that goes with being able to listen and speak as a coach. If you're looking for uh credential or considering a business as a coach, you definitely want to choose a program that's ICF accredited. That's accredited by the International Coach Federation, the world's largest nonprofit standalone organization, which certifies coaches and accredits coach training programs. So even if you go to the ICF accredited programs, there's like 300 of them in North America alone, all very different. There's one that's two hours for $79. Wow. There's, um, I don't think that's an accredited program, but there are a, a <laughs> wide variety of programs. But if you're like me, well, you know, seek help. But if you are, you are looking for the finest coach training program. And when you go are ready to jump into a new career, you're looking for the high quality, the Stanford, the Oxford, the Harvard of, um, of coach training programs. And that is where? There's five located all over the United States. You didn't say the name of the company. Accomplishment Coaching. That's right. Thank you very much. She doesn't listen when I talk. I was so distracted um, here. <laughs> those are not uh, monsters coming to through you through the, <laughs> through the podcast. <laughs> We're just having some technical tightening up here. All right. Uh, what I was talking about is Accomplishment Coaching. If you go to AccomplishmentCoaching.com, you'll find out everything you need to about why they're the world's finest program. Every measure of uh, coach training, whether it's the success of the graduates, whether it's the 
amount of coaching you get in the program, uh, the amount of coaching you do during the program, the amount of feedback you get, all of that is by far and away, even the hours of coach training are mm-hmm. way uh, beyond any of the competitors. Check out accomplishmentcoaching.com. And my favorite thing, and I think it's your favorite too. It is my favorite What thing. is it? What is that favorite I thing? love that you can go in and observe mm-hmm. it in action in real time. It's literally anywhere from their second month to their 12th month in progress. And you just get to be a fly in the wall. You go in on a Saturday afternoon, 10 a.m. till 12 p.m., watch and observe, and no strings attached. You get an opportunity to see like what is actually done behind the scenes. And I don't think anybody does that. It's true. It's an extraordinary opportunity. And even if you don't choose accomplishment coaching, it's good to go and find out what they're doing mm-hmm. so that you can compare and contrast right. other coach training programs, which generally they just have like some sort of a sales pitch, you know, as an intro, right? So this is not a sales pitch. It's a mm-hmm. go and find out. Check it out. Accomplishmentcoaching.com. Now you can do the five. Where, where I know. It's so exciting. It? It's actually six. Is it? Yeah. Oh. Ready to go. Um, I almost said the United States. <laughs> <laughs> San Diego, California, Seattle, Washington, Washington, D.C., New York City, Mm -hmm. Chicago. It is six. Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. We have trust issues, people. (laughs) All right. So if you're near or going to be in any of those cities, go check it out. Accomplishmentcoaching.com. There's a complete um, listing of uh, the upcoming observation opportunities. And if you feel like jumping in, jump in because they're registering now for summertime programs. All right. Uh, Anything else we need to talk about? There's the... Uh, International Coach Federation is not having its Converge Conference this year. They're having it next year in 2019. Mm. Just announced. Do you know where it's going to be? Nope. Prague, Czechoslovakia. Wow, how, how cool is badly that? badly do you want to go, right? I really do, actually. Me That's too. so cool. It's like, make a three-week journey out of it. Why not? Come on. Road, uh, Euro road trip? So I don't think registration's open yet, but you can go to the ICF website, coachfederation.org. That's coachfederation.org, and find out more about that. It's going to be awesome. Right, it's going to be very Eurocentric, as and you can tell today I'm dressed very. Oh, Eurocentric. did you do that just for your announcement? I d- I didn't. I did it just to try and stave off the depression of aging. But let's talk about something else. The um, the other things you need to know about the upcoming conferences: conversation singular among masters plural. Conversation among masters dot com. You can find out about. This conference, it's great. Like 200 coaches, master-level coaches, get together with one keynote speaker or a thought-provoking person and uh, spend the day or half a day with them. It's an extraordinary opportunity. You can find it on the web, conversation, singular, among masters, plural, dot com. Uh, I'll be there. It's in New Orleans this year. I won't remember it, therefore, but I will be there. The Also... Um, the ICF Midwest Regional Conference is in Pittsburgh. And I know you, like me, have been waiting for an opportunity to go to Pittsburgh. So <laughs> if you're there, I'll see you there in late June. And then the Association of Coach Training Organizations is having their annual conference in Virginia in early June. And um, I decided I'm going to send minions to that. I'm going to send the young up-and-coming people and not not send myself. Because I always go and then you know I get together with the people that I enjoy there. But I'm going to send someone else. Okay. Is it because there's nothing to do in Virginia? You have nothing to talk <laughs> about there. I would never say that, even if it were true. Um, I just, you know, I went to the other ones. All right, let's get to our guest, because this guy, he's up to stuff. He's an extraordinary... Don't you love people who are multifaceted? I know! That's it's, that's why I got him on. I'm so excited for this. I'm so excited to have him on. So I, he better be good, because now you've claimed he's him. amazing. It's going to reflect on you. In I'm, fact, we'll do I'll a review. It. I'll totally take it. At the end of this show, <laughs> Clarice's... <laughs> review. Stop. Can you just go? <laughs> okay. Larry Kesslin. First of all, he's an entrepreneur. We're going to find out about 
entrepreneur. Uh, he's got advice. He's got uh, support. He's got inspiration to give to you about your entrepreneurial journey as well as um, tips and things that will make it easier. He's a business development expert, a speaker, and an author. He's published his third book titled Success Redefined in late 2015. He spent the first six months of that year traveling the world with his wife and two teenage children. So the guy, there should be a medal. <laughs> he would they know, too. 12 countries, 25 different Rotary Clubs, was a keynote speaker at the Rotary District Governors Conference in Istanbul. How great would that be? His newest you. company, and this is what I'm going to find out about because I didn't do any research on this company. I know. Five Dots. It's a business development strategy firm, and I want to find out all about that. He's joining us from his uh, palatial mansion in Carlsbad. Please welcome to the microphone Larry Kesslin. Hello, sir. Hello. How are you doing? We're doing well. How are you? Uh, it's a beautiful morning. It's, uh, I'm awake. I'm alive. Um, I'm breathing and above ground. Those are all really good things. And I live in San Diego, California. What could be bad? Stop bragging, Mister. All right, uh, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about you. Because not only are you are you well established and really powerful on the business front, the book Success yeah. Redefined. You're a, you're an entrepreneur yourself, but you've also work in the nonprofit sector. Let's talk about the work yeah. you do with an organization called You Touch. You uh, Touch took me to Africa in 2012. Um, I met a woman on the beach uh, in oh, this is gonna be of a good 2011. Story. Yeah, it was it was not that good. Me but too, but I was... don't talk about it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so we were at a, uh, a service. Uh, our temple had a service on the beach, and we started talking. And she's like, you know, I'm I'm bringing computers to rural villages in northern Uganda, and bells started going off in my head because we had just moved a year earlier from New York. And in New York, we had started our kids volunteering when they were five and seven at this place called the Concourse House, which was a halfway house for single women with kids uh, between the street and low-income housing. And we would go there probably twice a month. Uh, I started out by donating. We upgraded our washer-dryer in our apartment, and I was looking for a place to donate our old washer-dryer, and somebody told me about this place. I met the executive director, and my wife and I fell in love with the place, and I would go on Fridays Every other week, pretty much, we'd take the kids out of school. We'd show up. Um, our kids got out early on Fridays. We'd show up. They had a nursery school for a lot of the kids in the neighborhood. And my mm-hmm. kids would go in and read books to the young kids. And oh, I would wow. go sit with the executive director. Um, she got all of her money from grants at the time. And I was trying to teach her how to diversify and to get money from people with means versus relying purely on grants to let the organization survive. And uh, we just had a great time. And when I moved to San Diego, I lost that. I lost our family's connection to making a difference. And I also was thinking in the back of my mind when I met this woman that when I first met my wife, uh, when we were just dating, uh, she spent three weeks in South Africa and Namibia and Zambia. And I'm like, I want to go on safari. So I'm putting those two things together. I can make a difference, and I could probably go on safari. And I'm like, I'm in. So Because I had a technology background. Um, I understood computers deeply. I've been in the tech field for uh, since I got out of college, which was 30 years ago. And um, <laughs> I, just, I just fell in love with the concept of, of helping people in, in remote villages to get connected to the greatest library in the world, which is the Internet. Mm. So in 2012, we went to Uganda for a month. We actually spent three weeks in Uganda and landed in Entebbe with our bags still in Istanbul, and that's all 
whole nother story. And um, we spent a few days in Kampala, and then we spent time in, in a town called Mbali in eastern Uganda, and we installed 30 computers in a, in a community out uh, in the middle of nowhere. And then we went to Gulu, and from Gulu, which is up by the Sudanese border, um, yes. right now about 20 miles north of Gulu, there's a million refugees mm-hmm. from South Sudan living there, and we're looking at using technology to educate them. So you touch is really designed to use technology to advance the lives of those that don't have access to it yet. I, I hate to be a... This is beautiful work, and I, I think both of us, we, we melted when we heard about your trip, you know, where you could, like, be with someone who was who in, as interested in Africa, and then you could combine it with a safari. It's an amazing story. But let me just yeah. take, take issue with it. You know, there are those sure. that would say either... Um, technology in Africa is great, but, you know, don't they need, like, the basics first? And then there's also probably naysayers who are saying, why are you going to Africa? There are people starving here at home. You know, why don't we take care of our own first? What do you say to those people? Um, Everybody's got their own journey. Um, I agree on all fronts. I agree that when I got there, um, I would say that their life in many ways is better than ours. But our standard of living far exceeds theirs. So my journey to Africa was my own journey. It was not about... I I think this is where we get caught up in this whole giving thing. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. we're here to give in order for us to learn, not for us to truly give. Um, Giving is about uh, the greatest moments in my life, the biggest transformations in my life, have been when I've totally been of service, when it's never been about me, when it's been about somebody else. So whether you do it in San Diego or whether you do it in Uganda or whether you do it in Southeast Asia or Central America, um, at the end of the day, it's not about where you do it. We're a very, very um, bizarre society in my mind in the United States. Mm -hmm. Um, We're human beings. We weren't born to only live in the United States. We were born human. Mm -hmm. And what's the difference between San Diego and Oklahoma City and... uh, Rosarita, Mexico, and uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil. I mean, what's the difference? They're mm-hmm. just places, mm-hmm. and people need help everywhere. So if your calling mm-hmm. is to go to another country, which I've changed. I mean, that was six years ago, and my journey has taken me to – we traveled for six months, and my job took me all around the country and around the world. And when I got back from my travel after six months, I decided I'm going to build my roots in San Diego. So for the last three years, I've stopped traveling. Um, I've stopped going to other places to do work, and I've focused purely on my own backyard. Because I found on my journey, for me, I'm not mm-hmm. saying this is true of anybody else, mm-hmm. but for me, the whole reason to give is to create deep, meaningful relationships with others that have shared purpose. Mm-hmm. And I can find that here, which is what I found in Africa. What I found in Africa, and this is what Success Redefined is based on the book, it took me about five years to gestate what I had died, what I had eaten when I was there. Yeah, I can to just imagine. absorb it all. Um, I did a TEDx talk in 2014 called The Disconnected Connected World, which became Success Redefined. It started out, the original title was When Wants Become Needs for Very Important Busy People. Because at the end of the day, that's the issue. Is as a culture, we've started to make wants into needs. And what I figured out on my journey, for me, is that when you have what you need, you can be happy. When you want joy, which is totally different. So happiness is getting your needs met. And I identify there's 
eight, seven basic needs in our life and one hidden need that we don't really explore. So the basic needs are food, water, shelter, safety, love, air, and health. Those are obvious. The hidden need that most people don't know we need is purpose. And what I found in Africa is that people were insanely connected to each other because they were insanely purposeful. But the purpose they had was this thing called survival. And what I've figured out on my journey is I believe survival is our instinctive purpose. So if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs and you looked at it a little differently, I think Maslow knew that the foundation of his hierarchy was our instinctive purpose. And the top of his hierarchy was our own individual purpose. And once you get beyond survival, you need to find your purpose so you can go find your tribe. When everybody's in survival mode, you're all part of the same tribe. You're deeply connected. But in our culture, we're beyond survival, so we're not connected to other human beings. So I came up with this construct I call the connectedness continuum, which has five levels. The first level is what I call surface-level connection. Hmm. That's the people that you know on Facebook. Those are the people that are on LinkedIn that you maybe know their name, but it's purely surface-level connection. The next one is community-based connection. You have something in common with this person. So for you guys, it's another coach. It's somebody that lives in San Diego. Right. It's someone that has a passion that's equal to yours. The third level is what I call relationship-based connection. Connection to another human being. That could be a spouse. That could be a sibling. That could be a parent. That could be a friend, a business associate, anybody but one-to-one. -one. The fourth, fourth level of connection is connection to self. And in our culture, I don't think we do self very well. But the better we are with self, the better we are in relationship and the better we are in community. But inside of self is our connection to our reason for being. And I was actually with somebody yesterday who says, I'm not sure I know what my purpose is yet. And after my journey, and I could tell you stories of, I met this guy, Arnie Kruger, in Germany when I, we traveled for six months, and he's a Rotarian. And I kept talking about this purpose stuff, and he's like, Larry, what is this purpose? And I'm like, it's your destination. He says, no, not destination. Like, what are you talking about? Our purpose is this doorway helping us find those that have shared purpose so we can connect more deeply. So my construct says we have to stop connecting at a surface level, which is the outer level, and we need to start connecting at a purpose level. Because joy, for me, is found at the intersection of purpose and connection. When you can connect with other people around things that are very purposeful, the relationship shifts hmm. dramatically. And this is uh, consistent with a talk you recently gave at Disrupt HR, From Surface to Purpose. Yes. Is it, yeah. Are these those points, or were there other points that you were making yeah. or that no, you that think are it. important for our listeners? Okay. No, that, that's it. I mean, at the end of the day, we are all human. I, I think we're spiritual beings having a human experience, which mm -hmm. is a, a different conversation to be had. But when, when we wake up in the morning, we have choices to make. And our society has chosen to chase wealth and accumulation of things over inner peace and joy. So when I traveled for six months, I just looked, I found everything I could to study happiness and joy. And I have tried to redesign my life. In the last three years, I literally, I had a business for 20 years that before I went on my trip, I was planning to run my business from the road. I hired someone to take over my responsibilities. We built a nice little consulting business, a few million dollars a year paid me very well. Um, it paid a lot of people in the organization very well. And in the year from the day I decided to take the trip until I actually left, some things fell apart. Wheels fell off the business. And I said, you know what? I am going to leave. 
Wow. And I'm going to say goodbye to this business. And I told my wife, we have enough money in the bank to get around the world, renovate a house we were working on. And I said, I'd figure it out when we got home. And she said, okay, I'm in. So I shut down that business at the end of 2014, liquidated all the assets in the beginning of 2015 while we were traveling. And I came back on July 1st of 2015 with no business, no income, and a whole lot of questions. And it's almost three years later. And I've been living out my definition of what would create happiness. I'm almost like my own test case. If I do this, so uh, Clarice can tell you, I've been walking around San Diego telling people, they're like, Larry, because I'm a power networker. I'm a connector. That's what I am. Five Dots is all about my title is chief connector, and I meet people. And I don't just meet people. I try and meet people where they are versus I'm not trying to sell them anything. And people say, Larry, who can I introduce you to? And I said, I'm looking for people with four characteristics. And he said, they said, what are those? I said, I'm looking for people that are self-aware. I'm looking for people that know who they are, that I don't have an after conversation 30 days later saying, you remember that conversation we had a month ago? And you remember, I'm, I'm still pissed off about that. Like, I don't need that in my life anymore. I need people that can express themselves and, and be clear with who they are. Second thing, they have to want to leave the planet better than they found it. If you're not here to, to leave this place better than you found it, you're not part of my tribe. doesn't make you a bad person doesn't make you anything other than not part of my tribe. The next thing I need is people that get shit done. I mean, living, coming from New York and living in San Diego, there's a lot of wonderful people here, but there's a lot of people here that are living on vacation permanently. <laughs> They're not about accomplishment. It's not about doing anything, which is what I love about this place. But it also makes it hard to get stuff done if you're not surrounded by those people. And the last thing is I'm looking for dolphins. I have this construct of sharks, dolphins, and sharks that dress up as dolphins. So the sharks are the takers. The dolphins are the pure givers, and the sharks that dress up as dolphins are, are they're really takers, but they show up as givers. So they're coming with something, but they expect something in return. So I'm looking for self-aware, world-changing, get-shit-done dolphins. And people would say, so if I introduce you to those people, then what? I said everything. That's where everything comes from. It comes from being in relationship with those people. And then when I find those people, they usually hang out with each other then I end up with a whole group of people that are my tribe. And that's what I've done for the last three years, walking around San Diego, telling people I'm here to find the intersection of purpose and business. And that's what I've been doing. And it's been fascinating. Mm -hmm. I'm really looking at my own life saying I'm blessed. I have two teenage children, one that's ready for college. She'll be going in the fall. Another one who's a sophomore in high school. I have a wife I'll be married to for 20 years in August and far from perfect. There is no such thing but it's a really healthy, communicative, loving, caring relationship. And life is good. I live in a beautiful place. I get the chance to go play volleyball on the beach when I'm healthy every Sunday morning um, in my mid-50s, and I think I added 10 years to my life by moving here. So I am deeply blessed. I have two healthy parents that are in their 80s, a mother-in-law who's in her 80s and still healthy, and Let's, I just wake up every morning with, with gratitude. It's great for you. Let's uh, talk about five dots. Why five dots, five and dots. what does it mean? Um, so Steve Jobs gave a commencement speech at Stanford University back in 2005 before he passed away. And in that speech, he said that you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. And you have to trust that everything in your life is happening for a reason, and that reason will show up sometime in the future. And I just love the idea of connecting dots. And I've had multiple businesses in my journey that have had numbers associated to them. So when you're trying to find a good domain, 
on the Internet, which is really important these days, you need to combine numbers and words. Mm -hmm. So I started playing with the idea of dots and numbers, and I had four dots and five dots and six dots, and you like odd numbers because uh, odd is better, and so I ended up with five dots. Okay, so it's and, not a it's a brand name. It's not a technology that you're using. No, 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 no. Five dots is a construct about what it is to do business development at this point. It is a methodology around business development that has five core elements to the methodology. And to me, business development is all about finding new clients. That's important, but everybody thinks that's all business development is. Right. But business development is also deepening relationships with existing clients. Mm -hmm. And business development is also about recruiting talent into your organization through strategic alliances and through employees. And those are the three things that I did best when I owned my own business. I was really good at getting new clients. I was really good at building deep, intimate uh, relationships with our clients. And I loved recruiting talent in my organization. So that's what I do now. I teach people to do it. So there's three different business models within Five Dots. One is coaching. So I coach companies and, and CEOs around what it means to become a business development expert. Uh, most of the people I deal with are, I would call them geeks. They're very technically savvy, and they don't understand the value of a relationship, which is the first dot. So dot number one is um, relationship development. How do we actually develop relationships? And most people don't understand how it's done, so they go in very tactical without any construct of long-term vision of how relationships evolve. Second dot is all around who is your target market and who is it that you're selling to. The clearer you are about that, the better. Uh, the third dot is storytelling. Every company needs a good story that's consistent, concise, and compelling. The fourth dot is strategic alliances. How do you find those companies and individuals that sell to the same client that you want to get to, yet they are not competitors with you? And then the fifth dot is relationship management. How do I take all the relationships that I've developed and manage them, and I have this 30, 60, 90-day process, and this whole construct of your warm 250. So in every market that you go into, you should be cycling with about 250 people, and some of them will be on a 30-day cycle, some of them will be on a 60-day cycle, and some of them will be on a 90-day cycle. So that's how I manage my relationships, and that's how I built businesses over the last 25 years. So th this is part of your coaching methodology? In other words, uh, I, I remember you said three business models. One is coaching. These five dots, you sort of take somebody through them and you find they may have one or two of these that they're already doing or already good at, but you'll take them through each one and sort of like uh, uh, work to make them better at that or develop it if it's a nascent talent or something like that. So sure. So the first part is, yeah, the first part is they need to learn how to develop relationships. <clears throat> then I help them clearly define their target market. Then okay. I help them refine and tell their story better. And then we identify all the strategic alliances that will help them get to their clients. And then we put relationship management technology in place to help them manage it all. Nice. Well, and so that's the consulting part. Yeah, I'm with you. Keep going. The second part is I actually am a business development expert myself, and I love technology. So I have clients that I am their outsourced business development. So I'm working with a startup out of UCSD that is 3D printing rocket engines. Nice. Yeah, so they've got some patented technology around fractal geometries, which are really fascinating. That was that and was Clarice's old job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, rocket scientists. So I'm working with a couple of rocket scientists. They're 23 and 24, recent grads from UCSD. I call That's myself awesome. the adult in residence. Wow. <laughs> and I'm having a blast with them, and um, I am recruiting their business development team. So I've already brought on two uh, people with DoD experience and. 
We just brought a new advisor on that has um, deep, rich, rich history in the space uh, environment and in additive manufacturing, 3D printing. And I'm having fun. I play that role. And then the third model is this um, business development as a service to multiple companies, either in a city or in a vertical market. Hmm. And that's something I'm starting with somebody right now. That's not a business model that I will pursue, but it's a business model that I'll probably license under the Five Dots brand and share revenue and teach people how. So in San Diego specifically, um, I see people representing an outsourced accounting firm, a payroll company, a technology company, probably 15 to 20 different companies, and getting referral agreements with all of them and just sitting down with owners of companies and saying, I've scouted the city, Um, I have relationships with the best companies in town, and I can help you solve whatever problem you need to help you run your business better because you don't have the time to go research all this stuff. And this is exactly, so, I just want to interject how important this is. You know, I, I run a company, uh, Clarice has a business. Every one of us is subject to the people that we know and the people that they know, right? Mm-hmm. So when I need yep. a sign, I'm like, who, you know, who do you know? Do you know a guy or a no woman or do you know what I mean? Like, we're always doing that. And when mm-hmm. it comes to any service for our organization, it's very much like when we need a doctor or a dentist, right? We don't go you know, search Yelp, most of us, we ask the people we know, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Who do you trust? Who, where can I get a good attorney? Where can I get a, 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 an accountant that's honest but not too honest? Um, so, <laughs> so I love this because you're actually institutionalizing that and creating it as a business model, and you're just kicking sure. that part off, so it's got to be exciting for you. Um, the whole thing's exciting. I mean, I get to wake up every day. I, sometimes I'm in my pajamas, and sometimes I'm dressed. I never wear a tie. So, I mean, I gave up jackets and ties a long time ago but i mean i'll show up wherever i'm going that day and each day is a unique experience i don't have a routine of any sort um i live in north county in in carlsbad and i spend a bunch of time in utc so typically mondays and fridays i'm around home um i'm in a rotary club so i go to lunch on mondays for my rotary club on fridays i'm typically around carlsbad all right let's i want to tuesday wednesday yeah. I, I appreciate it. I keep cutting you off for the personal stuff because I think there's so much richness that you have for our listeners. So I want to kind sure. of focus on the, on things that they can use and where they can create a life as extraordinary as yours. One of the things that uh, you've created is called Purpose San Diego. What is that and right. what's, the, what's the future of that? So the Purpose San Diego was launched in April of uh, last year. Um, there's something that goes on each year in town called the Cause Conference. And the cause conference I was able to speak at in 2014 and have been attending the last couple of years here in San Diego. And it's really designed to bring together those people in town that are interested in the intersection of purpose and business. And it was happening once a year. I'm like, once a year is not enough. We need to do more than that. We need to aggregate the community. So we started a Purpose San Diego Breakfast, which became our first. We did a first afternoon workshop yesterday from 4 to 6. And our next workshop is going to be June 6th. I'm actually going to be, I'll be the speaker for the first time. Um, We're going to do that at WeWork in UTC, and that one will be all around business development on purpose. I'm going to tell the story. I'm going to interweave the success redefined with business development and talk to people why you need to be purposeful. Um, But the whole idea of Purpose San Diego, and now it's rolling into the thing called the Chamber of Purpose, is to bring together those people in the city that want to transform how business is done away from profit at all costs to profit with purpose and planet and people in mind. 
Won't, won't most businesses just try and sort of check that box by donating to some sort of a non-controversial cause, though? How do you know when somebody's really, really connected to purpose versus when they're just sort of doing it to look like a good citizen? Or does it matter? Um, yeah. I don't know if it matters. Uh, everybody's on their own journey, and if they see somebody who's incredibly happy... So here's my piece, is I don't try and sell anybody anything. I think the reason people need to sell things is because they don't have enough prospects. So the more prospects you have, the more potential clients you have, and the more potential clients you have, the more you get to choose your clients. And most people have bad clients, not because there aren't good ones out there. It's because they don't have enough prospects. So it's the same thing in, in this journey. Is I'm not trying to teach anybody that they should be doing it differently. I'm trying to role model what it looks like to have an amazing life and feel nice. fulfilled and be purposeful and have other people say, I want what you have. I don't think you can sell anything until somebody says, I want what you have. So if they're just donating now and they feel okay and they're fulfilled with their life and they're happy, I'm not going to try to convince them otherwise. But if they start looking at people like myself and others that I know that are living amazing, purpose-filled, driven lives, and they say, well, I want to do something more like how you're doing it, mm -hmm. then you can start to have a conversation. So the first project is to get all those people together that are feeling that way so that they can support each other because we live in this infested pool, this ocean of sharks, and there's not a ton of dolphins. There are a lot, but they don't know each other. So project number one, which is what Purpose San Diego is designed to do, is to aggregate those that are already on this path, help them do it better. So that the Chamber of Purpose has three main causes. One is to connect those that are on the journey. The second is to champion those that are doing a great job of demonstrating what it means to be a purposeful company and profitable, like WD-40, like Dr. Bronner's, like Laz Parking, like there's Patagonia and you name it. Tons of companies that are doing amazing things that are also very profitable organizations and nonprofits that are doing amazing things that are well-run and well-managed. Um, but first thing we need to do is aggregate them together, and um, that's the connect part. The champion is celebrate them, and the last piece is to coach. How do we coach those people that are on the journey that want to become more purposeful to a better end destination? So that's what we've come to is that as an organization, we need to connect, champion, and coach. So we're launching a uh, purpose-based business awards with – we're looking at it right now. We're doing it with, with the San Diego Business Journal to launch a program to celebrate those companies in town that are living the values that we believe are the future of how business should be done. That's awesome. Thanks for taking that action. Thanks for having that vision and creating it. How can people find out more about that? Um, we have a website up at PurposeSanDiego.com. There's mm -hmm. a calendar of local events, and if you have a local event that is purpose-driven, you can put it on the calendar. The whole idea is creating community and finding organizations that are living the beliefs that we believe are the future of how business needs to get done and stop focusing just on bottom line. I know Clarice... There's a lot of people... Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I keep interrupting you. I know Clarice wants to get back to the book and success redefined because there's a lot of value for our listeners there. But I want to go back for a second and just make sure we tidy up a bit. So if people sure. want to find out more about Purpose San Diego, they go to PurposeSanDiego.com. What about the Cause yeah. Conference? If they're interested in that, where can we go? Um... You can send me an email, or um, 
just Larry at five dash dots dot com. Okay. If anybody's interested, and we're standing up committees right now, we're looking for the last lead that's still available as the programming committee, mm-hmm. and we're going to be looking for sponsors and volunteers and people that want to help with that project. And it's been run by the AMA. This is going to be the 20th anniversary. So and it's cool. kind of been managed. Excuse me. Is that that's so awesome? Yeah, no, it was started by this gentleman named Parker Pike, who's still involved. And he started it 20 years ago in order to help nonprofits learn how to market. And it's evolved into this thing that's become more about purposeful business and not about nonprofits. It's about how do we get companies to be more thoughtful and more socially conscious. I don't think that's that guy's real name, Parker Pike. I think he made that up. I've um, actually met that, him. That, have you really? I have. He's okay. a real man. <laughs> My bad. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that gives us a couple of other things. So look it up at the Cause Conference or write Larry an email at larry at five-dots.com. We also know that we can get to five-dots.com by going to five-dots.com and find out more about five dots. You also mentioned you touch, or I did, and that is the letter U hyphen touch, T-O-U-C-H dot O-R-G. Uh, you're also, we, people can find out more about, about you by going to Larry, L-A-R-R-Y, Kesslin, K-E-S-S-L-I-N dot com. Did I miss any other opportunities to, for people who want more information? No? You it's go all with, good. You want to go with that? We're good. I think that's good. Yeah. So I did a little research and I was reading about the success redefined. And then also, are you working on another book? Um, at this time, I would have to say no. Okay. I'm, there's another book. There's a few more books in me, but not yet. I'm, I'm, I'm still in the foundation building part. When you build a business, which I did once before, and it took me 19 years, I didn't write the first book in that business until I was 12 years into it. Mm-hmm. So I wrote the first book actually 14 years into it, 2010. I was on a – actually – 2009, I was on a flight from New York to San Diego, and this book just came out of me. I mean, I just wrote this fable. Um, if you've ever read Pat- Patrick Lencioni's books, I mean, he's got nine fables out. Uh, the book before this was called Breakpoints, mm-hmm. and the characters came to me, and the story came to me, and it was a made-up story about all of my clients combined over 15 years. And that was probably the most enjoyable book for me to write. And then I hired a professional writer to rewrite it, because the first version was, eh. And writing a book is really an art. Mm -hmm. And uh, the second book, I just hired someone to write from the beginning. I blogged, and I gave her all my blogs and said, you turn this into a book. And that's where Success Redefined came from. So any book I do in the future, everybody says, well, I want to write my own book, and I need to write it because it needs to be my voice. And all I'll tell them is that I think there are people out there that are professional writers that can write your voice better than you can. That, to me, is a fact. For me. Not sure it's true for everybody, but for me, no question. Yeah, uh, that, this woman Susan Saba did an amazing job. Yeah, I that I love that too because I think oftentimes we just write blogs, and, and for me, my own personal experience is just like a total stream of consciousness. And then I have seventy five of them. I'm like, what do I do with that? And I love being yep. able to like actually just delegate that to someone that that is their art, that is their talent, like that is their passion and what they can do so eloquently instead of raking yourself over the coals trying to get it done. Yeah, some people are just not writers. Or maybe they're writers for small bits, but they're not. Structuring a book is a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the book we wrote, Breakpoint, sold thousands of copies. And it, it's actually, I must say, it's a good book. What is that one it about? Has re- um, it's uh, basically where businesses get stuck and how to get them unstuck. 
And I basically lived in that paradigm for a good 10 years on teaching companies how to get unstuck. And there are really seven places where they get stuck. Um, they don't have a plan. They don't hire well. They don't know how to communicate. They end up in partnerships that are broken. That's the fourth one. They don't know how to build a sales machine. That's the fifth breakpoint. Um, once you build a sales machine and you start to grow, you need to actually change the guard. Usually the management team that got you from uh, zero to 50 is not the same management team that will get you from 75 to 200 employees. And then last breakpoint is what I call CEO time. And I say on often when I'm on stage is that I meet a lot of people with CEO on their business card. I do not meet a lot of CEOs. Say more about that, he said as a CEO. I believe there's I a know, lot of people. I going to say. I think there's a lot of people that have the title of CEO that are not CEOs. What it means to be a CEO is that you understand most of the aspects of your business. You understand how to hire, how to recruit how to understand financials, how to understand all these pieces. And I will candidly tell you today, I am not a CEO. I was the president and CEO of my business. I am not a CEO. I'm a connector business development resource. I am better as part of a team than I am the ultimate leader. I am a leader. There's no question in my mind that people will follow me and that I have people that will do things uh, with me that they might not do on their own. That doesn't mean I need to be the CEO of a company. I can lead a business development effort just as well and be better at it because that's my natural skill set than forcing myself. If you look at corporations today, they're trying to cross-train all these executives. And then Strength Finders comes along and we start saying, okay, everybody should be focusing on their strengths. My last business, my ex-partner and I, we used to talk about best and highest use. Mm-hmm. And how do we do what is best and highest use for us? And for me, it's not being a CEO. I don't, I am very good with confrontation when it benefits, um, when it's something I need to get off my chest. I'm not great with confrontation when it means getting the result that I know needs to get done through the business, and a, C, a good CEO needs to do that. I have no interest in the financial business models and how money is, is made from money. I have no interest in that, and that's a critical element of a CEO. What I do well is I love strategic planning, I love recruiting. And I love motivating people, but that's not all the skills you need to be a CEO. And I meet a lot of people that have tons of talent, but should not be the CEO of their own business. It's great. Uh, the book is Breakpoints, and um, huh? the new book, Success Redefined. Tell us about uh, that. What had you sit down and go through the onerous task of writing a book, and what's the message that you want people to get? Um, the message is pretty clear um, for me, is that We need to find purpose in our lives because if you want to find joy, so when I started this new business, I started doing some purpose coaching, realized I don't want to be a purpose coach. Mm -hmm. Um, There's lots of people doing it, and um, that's not what I found my passion in. But when I started doing it, I started asking them definitions of lots of words. So what is failure? What is money? What is uh, happiness? What is joy? And I found that people don't have definitions for these words. And they say, I'm not successful. I say, based on what definition of success? Mm-hmm. And then they say, well, I'm not happy. Well, how do you define happiness? If you can't define these things, how do you know whether you feel them or not? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, we label stuff. I mean, we're meaning-make machines as human beings. We make up meaning all the time. Just based on our history, based on what society's taught us, based on 
movies and TV shows and everything else that we've absorbed over our God knows how many years each of us have been here. And we end up making this stuff up because none of it's real. It's just not real. It's here. It's physically here, but it's not real. So if it's not real, what is it? And why does it matter so much to all of us? And I believe that that is part of our challenge is that we make stuff up and we give it all this meaning and we don't even have definitions for this stuff. So for me, I said earlier, happiness is getting our needs met and joy is deeply connecting with others that have shared common purpose. And I get a sense of joy when I'm spending time. Like last night at our event, there were 35, 40 people there that were all purposeful and we just got them in deep relationship quickly and to get 35 people in a room and to have them sit at tables and really get to know each other, like deeply get to know each other in a matter of 90 minutes is just, it's just wonderful to watch. Mm-hmm. People walk out of the room saying, I've, I've never been to a business setting where I learned so much about the other people I was with as when they come to a Purpose San Diego and Chamber of Purpose event. And that's what we want to do with the college conference moving forward is get away from this speaker stage on the stage model mm-hmm. and move towards collaboration. And your objective is to meet as many people in the audience as you can and get to know them as human beings, not human doings. And that's what I found. And that was the big thing when I got back from my journey around the world is that in the United States, we show up as what we do. We don't show up as who we are. So the opportunity is to be ourselves our full selves, not the, not the self that shows up to go to work, the self that's the same as they are when they're on vacation or the same as they are when they're in a business meeting or the same as they are when they're with their kids. Mm-hmm. That complete human being, who is that? Mm-hmm. So the book is all about if success were the way that I was taught when I was a kid, which is capture the flag, win, uh, win at all costs, um, getting to the top of the mountain, that was success. And when I got there, because my definition of success was the ability to do what I want whenever I want to do it. That was my definition. And when I got there, um, I'm standing in JFK Airport, um, returning from Africa, realizing that I had achieved success, and I still wasn't deeply fulfilled. And I'm like, so if I'm successful and I'm not fulfilled, what's missing? And what's missing is my need to be significant. So I said in that moment, and this is my TEDx talk, is I'm done with success and it's time to be significant. And what I've learned over the last six years is success without significance isn't success at all. So I redefined success as not only the ability to do what I want whenever I want to do it, but I added a line that says, while being part of something greater than myself. Beautiful. Without that... There is no success. And, co- and there's no significance by itself without success. It's a beautiful, and I love the opportunities in your speaking. There are a lot of them, right? One is for us to define those simple words that guide us in, uh, at least allegedly, in a lot of our decision-making and a lot of our daily life. The other thing that I like, though, is the opportunity that it gives. You know, you've, you've laid out a bunch of different pathways for our listeners, whether they're solopreneurs, entrepreneurs starting their own business or supporting people who are in the C-suite or um, are, are similarly entrepreneurs. 
do you always start in the same place? In other words, is uh, relationship development your number one advice for everyone? Or do you think different people, solopreneurs or entrepreneurs, is there a different place that you start with folks? Yeah, I I start wherever anybody is. I have a very good friend and one of the resources on my last company who said there's things you market, there's things you sell, and there's places you make money. So I market business development as a service and five dots. But when I meet with people, if they need executive leadership coaching as an entrepreneur and they need to be helped on the entrepreneurial journey and just dealing with the pain, I have one client, I don't talk to him about business development at all. Hmm. It's not his need. I have a big, pretty wide toolkit at this point. Like you have a toolkit for coaching. I have my own toolkit. And I've realized that my job is not to take away the pain. My job is to listen and to be a mirror and to let them see and hear themselves clearly. That I believe that we're souls on this planet living through our existence, and we're here to learn some lessons. And our objective in this process is to learn the lessons we're here to learn. So if I was a consultant, I'd go in and fix my clients' problems, and then they would no longer have that pain. But to me, that's cheating, that I think most of those people needed to live through that pain because that's their their dharma on this planet is that they're here to figure out some of the stuff they didn't figure out in the past. And if you take the pain away as a consultant, then I don't think the, the being gets to do what they need to do. They were put in that situation for a reason. So to me, coaching is about letting them live through it and managing them through it versus trying to fix it for them. I couldn't agree more. I'm, I'm looking more for takeaways for our listeners, though. If there, sure. um, if there is somebody who's starting out a business, what's sure. one of the most important things that you think people are either overlooking, missing, or not spending enough time doing? And is there something people are spending too much energy and time on that you would have them not, not do that? Sure. Um, nothing starts until you have a client. Um, I see most first-time business people focusing so much on developing their methodology and structuring their programs right, and right, having right. everything perfect. So perfect is the enemy of good enough, and everything revolves around getting clients and servicing clients because you can have the greatest construct in your mind of what everybody's out there until you actually go talk to the market. I'm with you. So I... you need to figure out what people are looking for in the market that you're trying to target and then steer your programs towards that versus I came back knowing exactly what I was going to do, except the market didn't accept what I was trying to do. And right. there's lots of reasons. Right. Yeah. I, I, and be adaptable. I love that because I talk to so many people who are uh, starting a business and they're like, oh, I'm working on my website or, oh, I'm you know learning how to use this new contact management software. And I said, great, how many clients do you have? And they say two. I'm like, you could track that with a paper towel and a crayon. You don't need all this right. stuff, right? Let's work on the clients first. What else? Uh, what about established businesses? What are most established businesses doing either wrong or what would you, if you could give them all a gift today, what would you have every established business take on or stop doing? I would focus on communications as their number one priority and developing a culture that is open and collaborative and treats people as human beings Beautiful. and understands who they are and what their dreams are and makes it a place where people are encouraged to live their full selves. And um, as businesses today, we don't live there. Man, I love that. And especially the communication and culture is something that coaching is really valuable for because we're outside the culture. Uh, Clarice was telling me about her friend, friend used to work at Nike. And now that all this stuff's coming down at Nike, 
your friend said, yeah, that's why I didn't stay, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. That there was this whole like like culture that people couldn't name once they were inside of it. Mm-hmm. But from outside, we say, oh, that's that's sexual oppression or, or mm-hmm. gender harassment or whatever it was. Um, what... Uh, I think that we're down to our last couple of minutes here, and I want to give them all sure. to you, Larry. If you had um, something to say to 50,000 or so coaches today, people that are going out there and working every day to empower their clients, whether they're individuals or organizational clients, what would you have us know? I think culturally we've been programmed and conditioned to go into many situations, and I think most coaches have evolved, but the coaches, the people they're coaching have been trained and conditioned to one structure and order. I think our education system tries to put people in, in order. I think marriage is this construct that keeps from chaos or else we'd be having lots of chaos if marriage didn't exist. Um, there's lots of things that we're taught through our lifetime that create this um, safe environment that we play in. Yet, um, we're not we're not showing up whole, if that makes any sense. So, and we're not of service to others. Those people I meet, including myself for the first 50 years of my life um, or so, is you're going into most situations saying, what's in it for me? Mm. And how do I get what I want? Even as a coach, you're trying to get clients because you want to feed your, your family. But if you totally flipped it and said, I'm here to be of service, and I'm here to help others get what they want. And I said this for years, and I understood it intellectually, but I never really embodied it until recently. If I help others get what they want, I would get so much more than I ever needed. And if I could just leave people with that construct, to stop going into situations. I have business clients that go into business situations, and they're there to get something. Mm But that's not how relationships evolve. So if you're meeting someone for the first time and they can sense that you're there to sell them something versus trying to figure out who they are. So I'm a coaching client and I'm talking to them about their day. And I said, you go into a meeting. How long is a typical meeting? He says, 20 to 30 minutes. And I said, you dig right into business from moment one, don't you? He says, yes. I said, I want you to take 10% of the meeting. So if it's 30 minutes, I want three minutes. Just give me three minutes. I don't want you to think about your business. I don't want to think about anything. I want you to find a point of commonality with that human being. A beautiful, beautiful note. Beautiful note for us to, uh, to leave on today. I'm going to leave it there. Thank you, Larry Kesslin, for your work. The website is Larry Kesslin, L-A-R-R-Y-K-E-S-S-L-I-N.com. Also, check out you-touch.org. The books are Success Redefined and Breakpoints. Uh, there's also, sorry, there's too many places I... I wrote all this stuff down. There's also 5-dots.com to find out about the work that Larry does and how he brings it to organizations, the Cause Conference, and, of course, PurposeSanDiego.com. Any final words from you, my friend Clarice Connolly? I'm just so grateful to have you on, Larry. Thank you so much for sharing your passion and your purpose and, and doing all the things that you're up to and being in the world. Indeed. That's another edition of The Coaching Show, my dear listener. Thank you for listening. We trust you've got some good takeaways today. And we will back with you and someone out on the cutting edge of coaching and human development next week as every week we will talk to you next week thanks for listening
Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, the coaching show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Gotham Books presents Marriage Rules by Harriet Lerner. The book Martha Beck calls required reading for anyone hoping to interact successfully with any other human, not just for those in romantic relationships. Get your copy wherever books and ebooks are sold and visit harrietlearner.com to learn how to change your marriage today. Do you want to be a professional coach? Are you in business trying to make a real difference with people you manage or work with? Have you started a coaching practice that isn't quite getting off the ground? Get the skills you need to be a successful coach today with the Coach's Training Program from Accomplishment Coaching. The Coach's Training Program will show you how to help others focus and be more fulfilled. Whether you want to improve your company's bottom line or create a thriving coaching practice, Accomplishment Coaching can give you the distinctions and practices you need to coach others effectively today. Accomplishment Coaching has spent six years developing a cutting-edge coaches training program that will have you ready to coach people professionally in just 12 months, and you don't have to take time off work to do it. To find out more about the Coaches Training Program, just call 1-888-548-6813. That's 1-888-548-6813. 